Welcome to Taffy Freaks and Business Suits, recorded live in the kitchen of the Personal Touch Career Services in Denver, Colorado. I am your host, Donna Shannon. As a professional career coach, I help people navigate the hiring maze to get to jobs they really love. In addition to working with job seekers one-on-one, I do have a book available. You can find Get a Job Without Going Crazy on Amazon, or you know, you can like buy it from me and I'll sign it and everything. Anyways, my guest today is Latricia Friend, who is actually one of our career coaches and writers on my staff. She also has a couple of her own business ventures going on in New York. So Latricia, I'll have you introduce yourself in just a moment. But uh, for those of you new to our show, our purpose is to really explore and redefine the world of work, especially as Gen X, Millennials, and those to come after seek positions of leadership that still allow them to be themselves. So every show we explore a topic related to business or job searching. And of course, we're going to talk about tattoos. Our sponsor is the Personal Touch Career Services, Denver's top rated career coaching service. We focus on the practical tools for your job search, including resumes, LinkedIn profiles, job search coaching, and ongoing classes. So check out our ridiculously long website, which is personaltouchcareerservices.com. Once again, that's personaltouchcareerservices.com, or, you know, you can just Google it. Anyways, hello, Latricia. Thank you very much for joining me today. Hi, Donna. It's good to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Sure. So uh, let's just kind of dive into things. Why don't you just tell us a little bit more about yourself? Okay. So disclaimer, I am a writer for Personal Touch Career Services. <laughs> Uh, that's that's my uh, main side gig Uh, in addition to that um, I'm a fractional household manager and personal assistant in New York City and what that means is uh, for families who have a home or apartment in New York in addition to somewhere else in in the US or, or overseas I manage that property for them when they're not in town and then I prepare it in advance of them or their guests coming in to use the townhouse or the apartment and then while they're here I am personal assistant extraordinaire for any and everything that they need Um, most of it in advance of them asking for it because that's how it works Mm -hmm. (laughs) and uh, Mm -hmm. so in my downtime um, I do get a chance to work with uh, private service professionals and those looking to transition into private service through my resume writing company career documents LLC and subcontracting uh, to personal touch right right and then of course the one thing that we need to mention too, especially with our topic for today, you're actually oh, a yes. beautiful black woman out in New York. Yes. And um, interestingly enough, one of, uh, you don't come across, I had someone in LinkedIn reach out to me, oh my goodness, a black woman in private service. I was like, oh, yeah, there's a few of us. I could name <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just like a straight man in private service. What? <laughs> there's a few of those. I can name them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. 
Yeah, but uh, specifically one of the things that I wanted to bring you on and talk about today is uh, this is being recorded on in June of 2020, and yeah, there's been a lot of recent events, and everybody knows about you know Black Lives Matters, the BLM movement, and you know I know as a company. I have not come out and said that we support you know, the BLM, the Black Lives Matter, and all the rest of this, even though it's something I personally believe in mm-hmm. and have shared things to like my personal Facebook and stuff like that. And I'm sure you've been getting this question quite a bit because uh, you might be the only black person. Some people know, like me, it's very white out here in Denver. Just so I've been there. Yes, I know. <laughs> yeah, especially in the <laughs> suburbs. I'm out in the suburbs. It's definitely very white around here. And uh, that that question about, oh, well, what can I do to help? Mm-hmm. Or what's your perspective? Because, you know, you're black, so you know everything, right? right? Yeah. Are you my now my black advisor? Right. No, I'm not. I I am your friend, which is when you reached out to me about this. I was like, I paused for a minute, right? Because there's a lot of people reaching out to me and I, I, I have to take it with the intention in which it's received, right? I would assume the intention that I receive is the same intention that someone gives it. That's not always the case. Um, So I did take a moment to pause. And my answer to most people is if you know very one or none or very few people of color, don't come to them with this, right? Do, do your research. In, your, mm-hmm. in arm's reach of you is a fabulous device. It, it, it is a phone. And, and part of that smartphone is that it is attached to the World Wide Web and Almost everything you need to start your journey to be an ally can be found online. Mm -hmm. Uh, Every bookstore, every online marketplace has some list. If you have not seen a list on here's what allies can do by now, that that is a different issue, (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) right? Right. Um, Which kind of goes along you... um, I think I know I've shared this on my website. I think you'll you'll add it to the post of um, when you put the podcast up. And mm-hmm. it's just a it's a continuum of you know where where someone is in becoming anti racist, right? Mm-hmm. Where 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 are you in? Where, where is your comfort zone? And how do how do you move through the various circles of your fear, learning? and growth to being an ally um, in this. Um, and I think people, people should explore that. And it's, it's difficult stepping out of your comfort zone. You know, I, I get that. I, I do it every day um, <laughs> in one aspect or another. Um, and I think people just need to, it's not gonna happen overnight. You know that for yourself. It's a lot of, it's a lot of things you have to work through. Um, therapy could be part of that. And mm-hmm. people should people should reach out and do that. Um, and actually, the first thing I said to you is, I understand as a business owner, I get it, but I, I haven't made any direct um, statements as a business, though it's relatively pretty clear for the few social media sites that I'm on that I'm a black woman, so it's a black owned business. Mm-hmm. I would assume. Um, on my Facebook, though, I'm a lot more active lately 
um, and a lot more active in the social justice world that, you know, being helped, you know, talking about the Black Lives Matter movement, talking about uh, the institutionalized systematic racism that the whole world lives under, right? It's mm -hmm. not just, it's not just us, which the, um, the death, the murder of George Floyd um, has spanned the world, right? Because we're not the only country living with it, right? We, right. It, is, it, is, it is one of the United States of America's original sins. There's more than one. Um, mm -hmm. so it, it's part of that. So it's deeply ingrained in what we do, but Europe has the same issue. Australia and New Zealand have this issue, right? Other yeah. countries have caste systems. It exists. And so it'd be great if we could do with this and then move on to as a group and then move on to everything else, <laughs> environmental right. issues and, and, uh, sexes, you know, let's just, let's just start here and keep moving. Right. what I said. It's like one of my nonprofits that I participate with a lot. You know, mm -hmm. I, I do a lot of volunteer work along these lines. You know, one of the things they say is they stick to their primary purpose, that they can't be the solution for everything out there. So instead, they're going mm -hmm. to do the one thing that they do exceedingly well and then refer people to other similar organizations if they have other problems that this particular one can't solve. Right. So sometimes it's, I almost feel like I have to pick my battles because, uh, yes, as a business owner, I have always tried to embrace diversity here. And I'm actually quite proud that every single person on our staff checks at least one box on a diversity survey or so forth. Not like I'm going scoring points. It's not like right. those Facebook things where you like, you add up, have you ever been in jail? Have you ever been naked in public? And you get like, a, you know, my scores are always really high on things like that. Yeah. Like, I'm always in the high teens myself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. But, uh, you know, with our changing climate is that, enough embracing the diversity side of things mm -hmm. and then the other stuff is like i don't post about that because it is what it is this is what we do every day i'm not going right. to make some special post to pat myself on the back and try to get marketing benefits out of stuff that's just who we are does right. that make sense nope i understand uh, completely um because after pausing for a beat my first response to you was you're a subject matter expert in your community, right? In mm -hmm. the suburbs of Denver, Colorado, you are the subject matter expert for resume writing, career coaching, all things job search. Mm -hmm. I'm sure the social justice programs around may have heard of you or when they hear your name, because we all do. I hear someone's name. Someone wants to have a meeting with me. I Google them. I, I, I throw them into the search of uh, the LinkedIn platform um, because I want to see what pops up. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and for someone who comes to me as an ally, um, say the local NAACP or the local, whatever the, 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 the top three social justice groups are, and you're in Denver, so I would think that um, the, the Colorado and the areas of there, I would think some of the, the local, the nations, some of the local tribes have, um, have connections as well, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So I would, I would say start, start where you're known and you're local and you're comfortable and people 
know you, kind of know you, are comfortable with you, can do their um, due diligence on you, right? Because if there's a group that you you volunteer with, you know, groups that do this kind of thing, they know each other, right? <laughs> it's just like mm-hmm. it, it, you know, it, you know the the the, the top players and in the, the job search um, services field. You know the top players in um, you know, several industries you know, for recruiters and staffing agencies. So you know, the world there, it's, it's very similar. You know, they, they know each other, they refer people to each other, they call each other and say, I got a call from this woman <laughs> right. outside, of, outside of Denver about, you know. So I would start there and, you know, and, and offer your services there um, because they, you know, they know you, you're local, they get it. Mm-hmm. Um, for the social media, the thing on your website, I mean, for the groups that I'm in on social media and just friends, you know, we see the the big tech groups, the things, the Facebook, Amazon, Netflix, and Google. We We look at them and go, oh, so you made a statement. That's nice. Mm-hmm. What's the starting salary <laughs> for yeah. hourly workers at your company? Can mm-hmm. can that be can that be more than nine dollars an hour? Let's start there because social justice is tied to poverty, regardless yeah. of your ethnicity. So let's start there: Amazon, Facebook, Netflix, and Google. Start there. And yeah. then that line is a little different. Um, I'm, I'm really into fitness now. And one of the fitness groups I'm in, we're really proud that, you know, since I'm throwing names out there, Peloton, you know, has made a commitment. They're giving money. Yay. Checkmark. Mm-hmm. Um, they've also, for their alley workers, the people who put the bikes together, who put the treads together, who deliver them, they, they've made a commitment that in the next quarter, everyone starts at $19 an hour. Hey, that's mm-hmm. well above minimum wage. Yeah, all over the place. Good right. start. Check. Um, most uh, a good portion of their instructors uh, for Peloton Interactive are people of color. We appreciate that. We like that. But you know, eight out of twenty-two makes sense. Damn it. <laughs> you yeah. Know that, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And beyond your instructors, who we see all the time. What about the C-suite executives? Who's your top IT person? What does his, his or her team look like, right? right. Um, who's your top finance people? What, what does their team look like? Because um, we recognize it's just so much as what's going on behind the scenes as the people who are on the big 22-inch tablet attached to the bike or the treadmill, right? Mm-hmm. So that's what we want to see. We want to see more diversity everywhere and not just as your diversity and inclusion officer. Hello. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thanks for having that position. One, does it pay well? Because yeah, as a career coach, it's great to have the title, but what does it pay and does it come with stock options? That's the benefit, right? Um, and anyone in, in corporate America, and not everyone is, I get that. But we recognize that the first positions that go are research and development. So yay, you put someone in a diversity and inclusion position, but when the going gets tight, that's the first position you cut. So yeah. I, 
Yeah, it's not directly <laughs> tied to generating yeah. revenue. Exactly. So we, I mean, so all that, you know, when I hear when companies do that and um, on the other side, when companies don't do anything, you know, that all runs through my mind. Um, but I'm not, I don't have all the answers because my black experience is being raised in New York City. Mm-hmm. Um going to the school at the time that I was raised in New York City, you know, um, and the, the work that I've done, I've worked at nonprofits, I've worked in corporate arenas, I've worked at quasi-governmental agencies, I currently work, you know, in the luxury hospitality industry. That's vastly different than most people anywhere, regardless of your ethnicity. Right, right. right. So when people say, oh, what can I do? My my experience is just that, and I'm I'm quick to tell people that, you know, because mm-hmm. my answer, my first answers are all things is usually no, <laughs> um, but that's just who Trisha is. I, I no, we can't do that. No, right. we're not going to. No, I'm not going to let you take that day off. That's my first response, regardless. So it mm-hmm. takes me a moment to go, and here's how we can, you know, ad- adjust your request to to what we're looking for. So that's kind of what I think about when people go, oh, how can I be an ally? First, you can Google some things on your own. Right. Then, then, we, then I then think one, <laughs> one thing that would be important too is like, uh, don't be scared to go and explore the reality of things. One of the, mm-hmm. the best contracts I ever worked was over the summer of 2012, where I was part of a small team that we were redesigning all the uh, job searching classes for people on food stamps, food assistance. Mm-hmm. And it was interesting because even in 2012, there was still just tons and tons of unemployment. So we had everything in the room from people who were high school dropouts that were barely literate, in some cases were not even literate at all, to -hmm. people who had master's degrees. And it was very interesting seeing a very different cross section of the population because every time we would go in there and there'd be like 50 to 70 people in the class and well more than half would be people of color. Mm-hmm. And the other flip side of this was well more than half were people with felonies because those are the ones that have the hardest time finding jobs. Right. And this was like that when, you know, recreational pot was still illegal here in Denver. So you had people with just simple drug convictions that turned into felonies and now their life is jacked because they couldn't ever get a decent job after and that. And the systematic institutionalized racism says that was what was going on in 2012 and by 2018 Orrin Hatch had become a major player in the cannabis world on the corporate side right mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. <laughs> you know mm-hmm. it's those things that people that people most people just they don't even see the connection between the two that brown and black people are picked up for even personal quantities of marijuana um, and yet, um, a former uh, congressman, senator, I'm going to say senator, I don't remember, I'm going to say Senator Orrin Hatch, yeah, um, uh, in, well into his 70th or 80th decade on the planet, um, is uh, on the board for at least one major corporation that's making strides in cannabis, because now everyone can get a piece of the pie. 
Mm-hmm. But what does that do for people? But what, once you make it legal in what's five states now? And, um, and the recreational more. side is more than that. Uh, for the yeah. medical side, it's more than half. I, th- I think it's like wow. 30 states or something now. Yeah. Yeah. So now that farmers, now that big pharma is going, wait, what? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> wait, what? How does, how does mm-hmm. this work again? How do we get a piece of this pie? Um, what does that mean for black and brown folks who are literally in maximum security prisons because of one or two pickups and, or arrests? You know, but that third or fourth arrest, and now we, you know, yeah, the third strike rule, and and you're right. you're out. For uh, and a there long, are companies in California, Silicon Valley, and New York on Madison Avenue that are setting up sweet luxury boutiques for all things infused. Mm-hmm. It's just you know, it, you, you, and it's interesting to me the people who say, well, I, I don't see it that way. How 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 can you not? Yeah, it's it's there's two sides of the same coin. I understand right on the edge of that point, but at some point you've got to take a peek over the other side. Right. Or like, I remember one time I was working with a gentleman in one of his classes. He was a young black man. He was a high school dropout and he couldn't even fill out an application because he was functionally illiterate to that degree and he had to drop out of school to go take care of his family and just make money at like some minimum wage job at a burger joint because that was all he could get because the educational system failed him Mm -hmm. and he had no resources and that's that's what systemic racism looks like when your opportunities are gone right and and people it's it's interesting for people to go, I'm not racist. But when I post an article on Facebook by Tim Wise about social justice, if I remember correctly, the article title was something along the lines of, really, you're upset about writing? That's how this country was founded. What's, <laughs> what's right. the big deal? Right. Um, and it's I, like, oh my God, trying to talk to my dad about this stuff. So my dad is like an ultra conservative and Here's the sad thing. My dad spends all his time watching Fox News now, and I think it has literally rotted his brain. So, <laughs> like, the, the, to give you an idea, like my dad is a PhD in mechanical engineering, devoted his whole career to like alternative engi- energies and NASA and stuff like this. And now he says, yeah. now, now he says renewable energy is a waste of time uh, because it's too expensive. I'm like, what? You devoted your whole career to that? What? Yeah. That's not, but anyways. Yeah. Like, but getting older, you, you change, you know, life, life changes as you get older. At some point yeah. you fight the good fight and you go, and eh, no one's ever going to, because if you're told that, if he was told that in every meeting, every new patent idea he had, every new, you know, how do we make this contract? How do we do it? At, at some point it beats you down. It's the same thing for anyone else in, you know, their, their industry. Yeah. I, I say that I say that because I take care of a seventy-eight-year-old woman. Claims mm-hmm. to be my mother. Yeah, that woman. Um, so, <laughs> you know. Yeah. So but I the, think the age thing has a bit to do with it. Um, and the thing that got me and my dad in uproar, and it's just like sometimes it's easier just to not fight with him because I know mm-hmm. he's not going to change his mind. Right. And it was the whole about kneeling at the NFL, and I'm like. Well, I totally support them kneeling. That's a strong statement. They're making mm-hmm. a point. They're using their voice in the best way they possibly can in a nonviolent way. 
and it got you talking about it, but you're, you know, just doubling down on, oh, they're disrespecting America. But here's the thing. I mean, I raised a bunch of anarchists, like, <laughs> so they, yes, they, they yes, have sat <laughs> down during the flag for years and years and mm -hmm. years now. They just... Yeah. James, he just, he's nowhere near in the stadium where they're doing the flag things. Jasmine right. will flat out sit down in front of a group of rednecks. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'll usually stand. I, I, have, I have too many people in my family who are in some flavor alphabet spelling of law enforcement. And I know too many people. I've dated too many Marines. Um, mm -hmm. And too many of my family members have been in the armed services. I, I stand. I don't always mm -hmm. do the hands over heart, but I, I will stand. Um, but I, be, I, and I stand because I stand in two different Americas, right? I stand mm -hmm. as a black woman in, in, in these United States. Um, but as a New Yorker, I don't push, I, I don't take a lot of pushback, right? Mm -hmm. And then in, in the neighborhoods and the buildings that I work in, you know, I, I walk into a building, people are like, what can we do for you? Right, exactly. So it's a different, mm -hmm. <laughs> or, or uh, when I work on an estate, you know, somewhere, you know, outside of New York, and I make a phone call and people stop what they're doing, because the, the person that I work for, the, the entity that I am calling from, you know, that's, that's two thirds of your budget. Of course, you're going to stop and listen to me when I ask a question, right? Right. So yeah, it, I, and I recognize it's two different worlds. It's interesting to me when I do something on social media and people go, well, I, I don't understand. What don't you understand? Today's the day where I am willing to put the time into for your understanding. Mm -hmm. um, and and just the pushback and the, the fact that people won't answer. I, I'm, I'm very direct. On days when I'm ready to get into this, I'm like, okay, let's go. Let's mm -hmm. talk about the article. And for someone to go, well, I, I want to do... I understand you're deflecting. I, I've taken enough therapy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I've read enough books and I have done quite a bit of per personal development to understand that you are trying to deflect because it's uncomfortable. I want you to be uncomfortable. Damn it, I'm uncomfortable every day. This is mm -hmm. two minutes out of your life. Be uncomfortable and deal with it, right? right. Um, and if you can't do that, if you reach out to someone and say, great, you are making the offer to talk about this, I, or I've asked you to talk about this, and then you shut down, you need to do more work before you ask that question. Right. Um, if you, you can get to being an ally, um, your words and saying that I'm not a racist could really mean more so that when someone makes a statement that you don't agree with, your first response is not, well, what about black on black front? We can talk yeah. about that. I have yeah. no problem taking that on, but let's finish this topic first. I am tenacious. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I have to be. Given the work that I do, I have to be. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Or, or like my dad's statement, it was like, well, cops shoot white people too. To which That's my daughter's reaction is, well, you should be pissed <laughs> off about that as well. Exactly. I saw someone write uh, some, I don't remember which uh, police union it was or something and on their website or, you know, whatever they said was, well, we shoot more, we shoot more white people. I'm sorry. <laughs> why, is, why is that okay? That's kind right? of a weird bragging point. Yeah, definitely. And it's like, did, did your union spokesperson read this before they let you put this out? Um, 
plus the fact that the 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 disparity in images, right? So the the officer kneeling on the the on George Floyd's neck and then the other two officers very close to pressing their body weight down or against him, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Mr. Floyd, plus the officer who stood there, deadpan, no reaction, total disregard. Yeah. Juxtaposed with images of, uh, what did I see online? Two, two vastly different images. Uh, 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 a Caucasian man uh, running around naked on a lawn with uh, an officer who had his gun drawn. And they were running away from the naked man for one read. I don't know what, what he, he didn't appear to have anything in his hand or whatever, but you will, you will turn your back on someone running you know, high as a kite or drunk or whatever his issue was. And he gets arrested. If he gets arrested, he gets mm-hmm. arrested and goes home safely to his family. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But George Floyd doesn't. Um, another image, um, Caucasian man, Caucasian officer with a hatchet. The, the, the person yeah. they were talking to had a small hatchet and was swinging it at the truck, maybe his, maybe someone else's, and the officer, and no one takes him. No one snuck up behind him and wrapped their arms around his neck. No one just took their gun and, you know, shot at his kneecap. He went yeah. home that night. Yeah. That's the difference, right? You, you you can't tell me that just because of his size and there were four of you and two police cars, one being an S, uh, SUV, um, and he was he was calm and talking to you. Supposedly, the officer with the Floyd case who was kneeling on him, they had a professional work, working relationship for their for the officer's off duty job. Right. And it's just it's just it's just too it's like really you it's just too much too too often. And then right behind that, there was another um, gentleman who was killed in Atlanta. And you talked to him for 20 minutes. At what point during that 20 minute conversation does it turn that fast that you tase him? You both tackled both of us tackled him to the ground. And then while he is running away from you. You pull out your service revolver and you shoot him to his death. What happened? Yeah. When the yeah. guy with the hatchet goes home at night. Yeah. Or right. the the story, this came out a few years ago, but the picture resurfaced with everything that was in, in play. It was a black counselor working with his autistic patient who yes. was sitting in the middle of a street mm-hmm. and wouldn't put down the toy truck he was playing with. It was He was adult, but he had developed mm-hmm. adult disability or autism or something like that and the black man who was you know he's a big beefy kind of guy but he's laying down on his back with his hands up in the air saying officer please don't shoot me my patient is having a mental incident right now I'm trying to help him and the guy says more than once please don't shoot me and they freaking shot him right on the while he's laying on, on the ground the only hands in the, the ground air. was his shoulders while he was holding his hands up and talking to them yeah it's yeah it's it's crazy so you can't for people who can't look at that and go right it's wrong, it's it's wrong or then bring up well 
you know, the, the gentleman in Atlanta and, and George Floyd had, you know, pa- you know, if you look them up in the criminal system, they had been arrested. And? That's a death sentence. <laughs> what, what, what does that mean? <laughs> uh, did he do it? Had he been arrested? Had he paid his fine? Had he dealt his time? Then my understanding of the criminal justice system is that, okay, time mm-hmm. served. Thank mm-hmm. you. You did something wrong. We caught you. Time served. Everything in and unfortunately, as human beings, do we color every once that happens in your life is is everything colored with a broad stroke that you can do you can do nothing else that's it mm-hmm. yeah but i I do believe education is the first place to start that yeah the poverty um oh, i think i it's not the poverty initiative, I forgot what it's called, but there is a social justice arm that is dedicated directly to poverty and I, if nothing else I think people should start there um, mm-hmm. to to realize that um, this the the systematic racism um, it's institute is in every institution that we have it's in education it's in housing it's in banking it's in the criminal justice system mm-hmm. it's in everything but if you deal with the education component, First, and I think most people are most comfortable there. You can deal with, you know, uh, writing, the simple as writing a check to your local reading is fundamental program, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if you, um, you know, if you are a mentor to uh, elementary or high school students. Well, I um, specifically meant educating myself. Yeah, that my, too. Yeah, my own pathetically white brain needs to take a look at some of the studies and, and, really be aware of what's going on. And we already mentioned once the infographic that you shared on your Mm -hmm. Facebook, I'm going to put it on our Instagram so everybody else can see it. It's, you know, quite poignant from, it's like literally the stages you go through to become more anti-racist and move into an ally space. And uh, one of my favorite TV series of all time that deals with this in multiple different episodes, it's called Adam Ruins Everything. Have you ever seen it? Mm -hmm. So uh, it's a very nerdy white guy and he presents like both sides of any kind of situation, backs it up with a lot of facts, have experts on there that talks about things. Sounds kind of boring, but they do it with a comedy. He's actually a comedian. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's really interesting to see all the different things like uh, the problem that a lot of black people face in particulars they start getting in trouble in school and then that leads to juvie which leads to prison and which leads to okay you never even had a chance right because the system was built against you and sometimes it even starts with uh he had one episode in particular about this thing about the resource officers in the schools because a police officer is trained to look for crime so you put a police officer in a bunch of high school students uh, they're not looking to support, they're looking for crime. Right. And uh, here in Denver, they did recently pass uh, a law or an initiative that removed all the resource officers from Denver public schools. But it's also interesting because it's, it's not a one-size-fits-all kind of solution, right? Because mm-hmm. out here in the suburbs last year, all the families were going, we need more cops in the schools because the problem was not crime in the schools. It was school shooters. Right. 
it's like, what's up with white people anyways? What the hell? Put your, leave your guns at home. You don't need to go shoot up everybody. Yeah. Can I tell you in my community? I mean, I've had people say to me, you know, when they try to divert the conversation to what about black on black crime? I'm sorry. In my community, we call it white on white crime. Everything that happens in most schools, Mm -hmm. shootings, Mm -hmm. unfortunately, quite a few shootings out in the state of Colorado. Mm-hmm. There weren't black people. There weren't black kids going into, you know, movie theaters and schools and shooting up the place. So what about white on white crime? Let's start yeah. there. Right? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Because let's face it, our shooters have a, bo- a higher body count. And that sounds like a Oof. real shitty way to say that. But, yeah. dude, what about the guy up in, uh, got the hotel room in Las Vegas? And was oh, my goodness. Off. You know, yeah. it's like... That's, I think that's worse than, you know, a few rioters who are spray painting, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. F the police on your public yeah. building. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like Adam June everything. I think I have seen him uh, come across my, my feed on YouTube, but I haven't stopped. So I will add him. And mm-hmm. I, I, uh, I uh, if we we're playing poker, I would throw in uh, at W Kamal Bell. He, okay. he has a scene in series called United Shades of America been for the past three years it is phenomenal he goes into uh he's a comedian you know because comedians have a little way of you know being able to take on a lot of issues right um Mm -hmm. stand-up comedian he goes into a town to talk about you know everything and you know the united states of america He, he, he talks about racism and you know they go through small towns and large cities and they talk about the issue of the day and you know, in small towns, they're talking about, you know, the, the, the flight away from small towns and what does that mean? Um, coal towns, steel towns, they go into large cities and talk about things. Uh, they talk about a lot of political issues. But, you know, as a, as a comedian, I think you get a little more wiggle room sometimes. At least that, that's how I look at what he does and probably how Adam ruins everything, you know, uh, looks at it as well. Yeah. 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 Backed up with a lot of facts, yeah. Yes, tons and tons of facts and data, right? And yeah, if you can't watch, and those, so those are two great shows I would say people should watch. You should watch an episode of one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and mm-hmm. then by the week's end, you should watch an episode of the other uh, and see what you learn, you know, and have conversations about that for several episodes, for a couple of weeks, before you approach the person of color or a few people of color in your life to have a conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And well, reading a couple of books, books are, reading is fundamental. Start, right. start there. <laughs> right. So anyways, uh, this has been a great conversation. It's really Definitely. helpful for me. Hopefully it's been helpful for other people as well. So now we get to come to one of my favorite parts of the day, which is of course uh-huh. the tattoo of the day. Yeah. But Latricia, do you have a tattoo? I do not. Um, no ink. Uh, though I am a henna enthusiast. I do henna often, especially during the summer months. Um, nice. I, I, I can't, I, I, I always say I started with henna because I, I would want to see where I would place a tattoo, but three, four days into a henna, I'm like, I need a little body scrub. I need to get rid of this. So I would not. <laughs> Permanent ink and I probably would not do well, but I've had some really intricate, really beautiful uh, henna designs. Mm-hmm. each season yeah 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 you have I, a couple oh yeah i have a few i do <laughs> indeed have a few I'm getting ready for some more ink 
Nice. I was all all set to get my COVID tattoo done. So I've been thinking about getting that. And then it's like, oh, the latest thing in 2020 just exploded. Maybe I need murder hornets. (laughs) It's like, I'm almost scared to put like a COVID tattoo on me now because it's like, uh uh-oh, what the hell else is going to happen? Will you ever forget this time though? I I mean, I'm nearing the big 5-0. Mm-hmm. I, I never saw something like this in my lifetime, so I, I don't think I'll forget it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyways, uh, so, Latricia, how can people get in touch with you? Oh, uh, you can But get not to ask about through. your opinion as a person. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that would be a whole different conversation than what I'm having with Donna, because I've known Donna for ooh, a long time so, now. 2007. 2007 at least yeah so no, that's when so that's, that's a, when we placed you in your job it was like 2006 yes, yes, or 2007 yeah, yeah. So, yeah so that long um yeah so that's a whole other for don and i to have this conversation right. um so i can uh so i'm a writer with personal touch career services so uh if you work in the hospitality or private service industry nine times out of ten you're either working with donna or i so that's easy mm-hmm. um my uh resume writing and uh career coaching company is career documents llc uh website and development but i'm on instagram I'm on instagram every day so that's a great way to find me mm-hmm. and um yeah that that's the LinkedIn professionally. If you want to connect LinkedIn, Latricia friend, I'm there managing two social groups there too. Good God. (laughs) (laughs) You are a busy woman. This is true. This is true. This is true. But I thank you for this opportunity. Oh yeah. Thank you very much for joining me on this uh, journey. This has been a great conversation. I really appreciate it. And uh, as my producer always reminds me, if you like what you've heard here, give us a like, give us a follow, maybe leave a comment. If you didn't like what you heard here, just keep it to yourself. Be nice for once. (laughs) All right. So we will catch you next time. Thank you. Thank you.